You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Hello and welcome. I'm Edward Henderson and you're on Over and Under. I do appreciate you joining me today. Today's topic is going to be about the sexualization of young girls. But before I get that, I want to share a story with you. I love to tell stories and I came across a new one today or new to me. It's actually an old story and you may have heard it, but if you'll bear with me, I'd like to share it with you. And it's a story of the great Greek philosopher Socrates. Supposedly Socrates was walking down the street and an acquaintance ran up to him and he said, Hey Socrates, I've got to tell you something about one of your good friends. And he said, whoa, hold on there just a second. Let's uh, let's run this through three sieves before you tell me. And he said, what are you talking about running it through three sieves? Well, the first sieve I'd like to run it through is, well, is it true? Can you tell me that it's true or was it something that you just heard? He said, well, I can't tell you that it was true. I just heard some people talking about it. He said, okay, let's go to the second sieve. He said, is this good news? He said, no, actually, it's not good news. And then he said, well, for the third sieve, I'd like to run it through is, is it necessary for me to know? And he thought about it. He said, I really don't see how it impacts you either way. No, not really. He said, okay, well, so what's the reason for telling me? So that's probably not exactly how it goes, but I guess you catch the gist. The first thing I want you to know is that I really do go out of my way to try to make sure that the information that I share with you comes from reliable sources, that it is correct, and could I ever make a mistake? Yes, I could make a mistake. The second thing I'd like to share with you, is it always good information, good news? Can't always promise you that, but I promise you that at least I feel like it's a good thing to share it with you. The other thing is, is it necessary for you to hear? Well, I guess you'll have to be the judge of that, but I feel that it's necessary for you to hear it. And I think a topic like today, the sexualization of young girls, is really something that you should uh, listen to. Now, you might say, well, I've heard about all that before, but I'd like to heighten your awareness a little bit and maybe uh, raise it up a little bit on your radar because I think it's more significant than you possibly could imagine. And I don't think you understand the uh, devastation that is causing amongst our, our young girls and in turn in society as a whole. I'll be honest with you, this is like my 33rd podcast. And so it's getting more and more difficult for me to come up with topics that I feel that, first of all, would be of interest to you. And I guess, is it in my wheelhouse to be able to talk to you about it? So I I was coming up through this week and I was like, man, I just don't know what I'm going to talk to them about. And I was just about ready to walk away from the week. I'm thinking, you know, you don't have to do a podcast every week. So just take a break. And when you come across a good topic, then you can share it. Well, on my Twitter feed and the news in general, some things that uh, my wife shared with me, it was about the Gay Pride uh, Month, Gay Pride Month. Unfortunately, most of the things that they're sharing are, I think they're not very positive, to be honest with you. I don't think it's a reflection on the entire LBTQIA. I think I got it all. I don't think it's a reflection on that entire community because, I mean, it's mostly transsexuals and drag queens and it involved minors, very young people. I'm talking about grade school. There are schools in uh, 
Pennsylvania, Iowa, Colorado, New York, Illinois, I think one in North Carolina even, my neck of the woods, were bringing in these, I guess you call them drag queens, and they would perform for the kids. One of them had these young kids being taken into an actual bar where a drag queen was dancing around them very suggestively. The kids were being encouraged to put dollars in his, hers, I don't know how it identifies as, into the uh, waistband of the performer. And then there was an actual case in a bar setting where a minor was dressed in drag and performing for the adults in the audience. You know, I, I don't know. At that age, I just think that's incredibly inappropriate. I haven't talked to any of the gay people that I know, people that I know as friends, but I, I'm almost certain that they would not approve of young children being approached like that, or I, I, I definitely say that is a form of sexualization going on, but we're talking more specifically about the sexualization of young girls because it just seems like they're targeted more. You know, when I started off, I thought this was going to be a transsexual drag queen type thing, but just a little bit of uh, inquiry into the matter, some Google searches and looking at different information, I became very aware that this was going on long before drag queens started going into public schools and reading books to children. And I'm not saying that's not a matter of concern for you. I, it would be a concern for me if I was a parent. My kids are grown. They've gone through college. They're young adults. And uh, I, I'm very thankful that my kids are not in school now. I'm not saying that's something that you should not look into and pursue. I'm just asking you to look at what we, as a society, how have we contributed to the sexualization of kids, specifically young girls. And in turn, I guess it could be argued, we sexualized young men at an age when they really should be thinking about other things. Because, I mean, prior until to recent history, most little kids are very ignorant of such things. They might, might get to the point of checking out what each other's got and realizing that they are very different sexes and genders. But typically, you know, the girls are hanging with the girls. The boys are hanging out with the boys, doing boy things. Girls are doing girl things. And it's just this really magical and innocent time where children get to be children. So I'm not a big promoter of just bombarding them with heterosexual practices. I find that bizarre that anybody would want to just bombard children with their sexual preferences, sexual orientations. None of my uh, teachers felt like the need to share that with me, and I have no idea if they were heterosexual or homosexual. It just did not come up. I guess they figured that their job was to teach me in whatever discipline that they were trained to do so, and I'm very appreciative of that. I would say this. If you walk into your child's classrooms, and that classroom looks like it's much more about the teacher than it does the students, your radar ought to go up, and you need to go talk to that teacher and find out what they're teaching your kids because... That very well could be a accurate reflection that that classroom is all about that teacher and has very little to do about you and your child. So our society, our culture with its movies, advertisements, peer pressure, sometimes coming from parents and teachers even today, the toys that are marketed at young children, these toddler beauty pageants where they are given hair extensions, spray-on tans, they've been coached in facial and body expressions that are highly suggestive expressions no normal developing toddler or young adolescent should even be aware of, let alone demonstrating, you know, hands on hips, gyrating hips. What might trump the hypersexuality grooming of these kids is the message that their appearance 
and sexuality are most important. They're the most important things that they have to offer, which is probably the worst message that they could ever receive. So this is more about young girls, more than males. Males apparently are not as affected because I guess they just identify in a different way. I guess uh, our culture and parents treat the, the children differently, the males from the female. There just seems to be more importance placed on the female's appearance as it does the male. But maybe that could be a, another podcast concerning how this affects males. I think it has a lot more to do with how males treat females. So one, one more time, I do not support LGBTQIA again, and I hope I said it right and got everybody included. I don't agree during this Gay Pride Month of the sexualization of young kids, or if you just want to say their exposure to this, and I would feel just the same if it was of a heterosexual nature. If they were taking these kids to strip joints while uh, they were performing and giving dollar bills to a heterosexual strip joint, I would be as equally uh, concerned about what these children were being exposed to. So it's not a gay thing. And I do support Governor DeSantis trying to, you know, let parents handle this or at least shelter the kids. Let them be kids from first to third grade. I would probably expand that to sixth grade into middle school. And even then, I would want to know who and what is teaching my kids about sex. I, I really would feel more comfortable with the parents doing that because I do think that's a personal thing and it's not a one-size-fits-all and some parents have different expectations and for a centralized authority or power to feel like they know what's best I, I just simply do not agree with that I think there's much a bigger problem I think there's within our culture you me everyone we have played a uh, part in this either intentionally or unintentionally but i think it has had devastating effects on our young girls so there's an article in the desert news written by lois collins and she says in just one year grade school age children can take up as many as eighty thousand sexy girl portrayals just watching kid-targeted TV programming, according to psychologist Christina Spears-Brown of University of Kentucky. No one's sure how often kids get sexualized view of what it means to be a girl from all the media they consume. Girls as young as five and six aspire to look sexualized, complete with shorts, belly shirts, lots of makeup and heels, though those same girls in Brown's research rate sexualized women as less worthy of being helped when in danger than non-sexualized women, said the professor of developmental psychology and author of Parenting Beyond Pink and Blue. Now that's interesting. The first time I read that, I didn't. it didn't quite set in. The more I read it though, what it's saying is that when society looks at two kinds of women, one highly sexualized, one not, they're more apt to help the non-sexualized one. This did not say why. I'll make some assumptions. Maybe it is if a girl just looks like she's been around the block three or four times that she's got street savvy and she knows how to handle herself as opposed to the one that appears non-sexualized. And I don't know, maybe they think that she's naive and needs more help, can't protect herself. Uh, maybe it's the fact that they look at what appears to be a highly sexualized woman and they feel, okay, she deserves what she's getting. These are all assumptions on my part. Maybe that's what causes this view 
of the highly sexualized woman and the non-sexualized woman. I took down notes but forgot to credit the source on this next information. It was talking about how kids are sexualized by their pop idols. Uh, Christina Aguilera, for instance, she was doing a commercial for Skechers and uh, it has her in a very naughty and nice pose. She's in a, uh, a schoolgirl's outfit. The dress is hiked up. It's it's, it looks like it's exposing the at least her upper thigh, almost her butt. And she's got a uh, top that is tied in a knot. It's exposing her cleavage. You know, you say, so what? Maybe that's uh, to draw attention to men to buy Skechers. I, that might be it. But at the same time, Christina was a very, I guess what you call a teen idol. Little girls worshipped her, wanted to be like her, wanted to sing like her. And they look at these things and they think to themselves, this is how you get attention. This is where your self-worth is. And this is what success looks like. Now, she's a celebrity to young girls. Was she trying to hurt anybody? No, I don't think so. You know, if you were to talk to her today, she's much older. And she may even agree, you know, I, I really wasn't thinking about that. It was a good, it was a good contract. It was a lot of money. And no, I wish I had a thought more about it. I may not have done it. I probably wouldn't do that today. I'm not trying to stalk, talk for Miss Aguilera, but uh, I would be surprised if she wouldn't say that. The most important thing to remember is just how some of these pop stars are idolized by little girls. Britney Spears might be an even better example. I was in my mid-30s when that song, it might not be the title, but you know, Hit Me Baby One More Time came out. Man, I mean, she's a fantastic singer and a dancer, but I don't think anybody heard much of the song or appreciated it for her dancing because it was so highly, at least in my opinion, sexualized. Again, you've got a uh, schoolgirl uniform, a lot of leg, top tied in a knot, and it's almost like they even went out of their way to make her look younger than what she was. She was 16, maybe 17 tops, and I think they went out of their way to make her look like a 13 or 14 year old. And how did that work out for Britney? You know, that video played 24 seven. It was very highly played and Dirty Old Men didn't run out and buy her album. Uh, I haven't done any research, but I think overwhelmingly you would find that that album was bought incredibly by a high number of very young, impressionable girls. And again, you got to believe they're thinking this is what it takes to be accepted and this looks like success. So, you know, we would watch Britney over the years. Unfortunately, you know, she would sadly self-destruct before the public, divorce, drug addiction, eating disorders, rehab, mental breakdown, high-profile court cases dealing with divorce, child custody, and the father's infamous conservatorship. The father seems to have had an incredible financial stake in his daughter, and unfortunately, I think for a lot of people, and even more unfortunately to Britney, that might have seemed like the most important part of their relationship. But Britney goes through a, a really bad period. She comes back on MTV in 2007. And, you know, the only thing people seem to be talking about is she looks fat. She looks out of shape. I, you know, I think I vaguely remember that performance. It wasn't bad. And she didn't look bad. She actually looked very nice. But she's not 16 years old anymore. She does have a little bit more around the midsection. But you think to yourself, Elvis didn't lose any fans when he chubbed out. The message is clear here that a woman's worth is in her sexuality, not her talent. So Britney's sexualization started when she was young 
And she was a participant in these beauty pageants where they make toddlers look like they're 40-year-old women, uh, hair extensions, uh, real heavy makeup. I mean, it's actually really creepy when you think about it, or at least it is to me. It's just my opinion. You know, and then she's a member of the new Mickey Mouse Club. Now, I don't know what they uh, did to her, what she was exposed to. I haven't even seen any of the performances, so I'll hold any comment there. But we do know that Disney's is pretty, pretty out in the open about the sexualization of kids or at least wanting them to be exposed to it at very young ages in school. And so you're very aware of the Governor DeSantis and Disney war that's going on right now. And again, I think that's very reasonable that DeSantis says, hey, can we let them be kids from kindergarten to third grade? Seems to be very reasonable. And I think that should be extended to at least middle school, I think would be better. Then you got Miley Cyrus, also a Disney product in her Hannah Montana series. She is uh, many girls' idol. One day she is on the Disney Channel and she's doing the, what appears to be a fairly innocent Hannah Montana and then she's dyeing her hair, sporting a mullet at times, shaving her head, and then performing very sexually and explicitly on TV, and then swinging on a wrecking ball naked. So uh, I think Molly went through a lot of things with drinking and drugs and divorce. And, you know, I wonder what impact her sexualization had on her. Now, both of these young ladies will make more money in two nights of performance and then I will probably make in a lifetime and uh, highly successful in the entertainment business. But it, it took its toll, I think, especially on Britney. And again, I don't think that Christina, Britney, or Molly were trying to hurt young girls. But now that all of them are at a different time in their life, got kids of their own, I'm sure some of them have daughters, they would probably look at that a whole lot different. And then going back on some of their experiences, I wouldn't be surprised if they would not go out of their way to shield their children from some of the things that they went through. So I googled images of sexualized girls, and this is some of what I saw. Young girls between 10 and 12 laying on a cobblestone street, or this was one, one young lady, and I would say I would put her somewhere between 10 and 12, small halter top, I guess you would call it, a towel that is loosely laid around her lower pelvic area, her back is arched in a very high, very sexually suggestive manner. I mean, it's hard to take it any other way. I think that whoever did that picture got exactly what they were looking for. It just, it's, again, it's just very creepy to see a young lady being posed like that. Then I saw a, a group even younger than that. It was a dance group of what appears to be eight to 10 year old girls their dress is highly suggestive, very tight short pants, lacy, frilly things around their waist. And what was most disturbing is a countenance, a demeanor that I can only, the only way I can describe it is, it's sexual. It's a come hither look. It's a, it's a very sexual look. Whatever you want to call it, that look should not be known to someone that young and you know, typically, you know, years ago, decades ago, maybe, if a kid was acting like that, that would be a call probably to the police department, maybe social services, because somebody would probably suspect that that child was being sexually molested and being exposed to things that she shouldn't be. It's obviously clearly an indication that the child has been sexualized. Another indication of the sexualization of young girls, especially in marketing, I found this 
it was a uh, advertisement by a company called Boobs and Bloomers that is directed at young girls and their undergarments. And it's not the typical undergarments you would expect on a uh, young lady. They, I would say that they had this girl posed. She might have been nine years old. If she was older, she was made to look like somebody nine years old. And she's in this very suggestive, sexually looking bra. And uh, well, she doesn't have anything up top, not physically. I don't think she's old enough to have anything up top physically. But the, uh, the bra that she's wearing is very sexually suggestive. Same with her bottoms. You know, it looks more like something that a woman might wear when she's getting off on a weekend with her husband or meeting her, her love interest, or I don't know, it is 2022, it might be several adults, but it is meant to attract. Her hair is made up in a way that you would expect on a much older woman in her 30s, maybe early 30s, her makeup, same. It's getting on the verge. I'm not going to call it child porn. That would be an exaggeration, but if I saw somebody, if I saw a male with these kind of pictures, well, I would probably investigate further to see what else he had access to. And uh, it would definitely cause me some, some concern. Now, back to the Desert article, they point out that even dolls are sexualized. A research experiment showed girls that played with Barbie dolls had fewer goals instead of the girls that played with Mr. Potato Head, who had no sex appeal now i'm not going to go go sideways on barbie dolls i'm sure many girls played with barbie dolls and were just fine functioning as grown women but i thought i'd share that with you that the test and i don't know what the parameters of the test or how the test was conducted but that was something the test revealed to those people that were doing the research that girls that play with barbie dolls seem to have no further goals and maybe it's because they think it's all about appearance now as far as playing with mr potato head and having more goals i can't make the connection there but that's what the research showed um, it was stated that boys are largely clueless about sexuality so the sexualization and pressure girls feel is uh, somewhat self-generated i don't know if i agree with that i guess if you're just bombarded with it it gets to a point to where it's very easily for that little girl to i guess willingly participate maybe not even know what exactly is happening to her but i would say as far as the boys are concerned you're probably starting a situation where they too are objectively looking at these uh, girls as nothing more than a sexual entity that they don't appreciate them for anything other because it doesn't seem like culture or anybody else including their parents like i said either from willingness to do so or not really knowing how their words and how they're treating that young lady say if dad is uh, looks at the child as nothing more than a, a sexual object and all of her value is in how she looks why would he expect any other man to do so an article in very well mind titled the sexualization of young girls and mental health problems by sarah shepherd and uh, medically reviewed by dr carly snyder also points out that sexualization is everywhere. TV, movies, advertisements, social media, pornography, which is much easier to access than any other time in our history. Uh, she goes on to say, when girls are exposed to numerous unrealistic media portrayals of girls their age, this can easily lead to internal conflict, confusion, and self-loathing. It's incredibly valuable to become aware of what you're saying to young women in your life. Be careful not to imply that she is only valued for her body, the way she looks, or how femininely she presents herself. 
The article goes on to show how girls are negatively impacted, low self-esteem, anxiety, eating disorder, depression, self-harm, and suicidal ideations. Suicide is the second leading cause of children between the ages of 10 and 19. Is uh, sexualizing the only component? I'd say it's a very big one. Research shows that girls are at a greater risk for depression, anxiety, suicidal ideations, hurting oneself, such as cutting. In the black community, girls are 25% more likely to commit suicide. One in two LGB contemplate suicide. Sources cited are the CDC and a Miss Lindsay M. Watson, Coleman B. Ring, Ring the Alarm, the Crisis of Black Youth Suicide in America. So these are the same manifestations or symptoms that we see in sexualization of young girls that we were talking about earlier. Uh, the sexualization of culture and advertisement and entertainment's ability to cash in on it is probably not going to go away. There's a lot of money. Maybe you can uh, contact your congressman or maybe some of your local uh, lawmakers and see if there's anything that can possibly be done. But you've got free speech that is competing with these. Maybe it's going to take a heightened awareness uh, for people to self-govern themselves. I'm a big advocate of free speech, but man, there's just some things that you just wish people would do because it's the right thing to do. It is the good thing to do. But maybe even more importantly, just a heightened awareness by parents and how they talk to their children. And uh, do they even talk to their children, making the distinction of what is real, what is not real, uh, talking to them about the difference between professional celebrity persona of an individual and then sharing stories with them like Brittany to show them uh, these are these are people too they make mistakes they hurt and they fall they work to try to find acceptance and sometimes don't even know who they are and what's important is to cultivate that uh, that strength that comes from within build that young lady from within give her so much uh, more recognize her for her her talents and her skills uh, compliment her on her achievements. Talk to her what her hopes and her dreams are. You know, treat her like you would someone you respect and love, as opposed to always commenting on how she looks, how she presents, about her weight. I'm not saying these are not important factors, but if that is the only thing that that young lady ever identifies with, she's going to have a very poor self-image. Looks are fleeting. They, they leave us at some time. Some of us are fortunate and uh, get to keep them longer than uh, other people, but it is definitely going to come a time when your looks will leave you and what you will have left is what you have built from within. And it's always so much more important to cultivate their respect. And incredibly, when you're respected, you're typically accepted. If you're not respected, you're not accepted. I know I do. I want to be respected in light, but if I got to pick one over the other, I'm going to go with the respect, and we ought to be uh, teaching our young ladies the same thing. The American Psychological Association says that the sexualization occurs when a person's value comes from his or her sexual appeal or behavior to the exclusion of other characteristics. A person is held to a standard that equates physical attractiveness narrowly defined with being sexy. A person is sexually objectified. That is made into a thing for others' sexual use other than seen as a person with a capacity for independent action 
and decision making. You know, I can't help but think of uh, Marilyn Monroe. Her whole self was wrapped up in her being a sex goddess. It was the only thing that it seemed that people used her for and how lonely that must have felt. Sexuality is inappropriately imposed on a per person is another a factor in uh, identifying when somebody is being sexualized. We've talked about mainly the sources and the effects of sexualization on young girls. Uh, they actually encourage young girls to do it herself unknowingly as she attempts to imitate her cultural idols and deal with peer pressure that's imposed that have been influenced by these same sources. The absolute worst form of sexualization, of course, is the physical sexual abuse of these kids. And so, unfortunately, so often this is done by family, teachers, coaches, even clergy. And I cannot help to think, what part did our culture's pervasive sexualization of young girls and kids in general, what, what did that play on all these other people not taking the responsibility away from these people who have done this her this hideous this horrendous thing to these young kids when we tend to sexualize girls it has an overall effect on our culture altogether again not trying to make excuse and I, and I want these people held to the the highest standards of the law I, I mean throw them up under the jail for hurting a little child but how do you go about hurting an innocent child, I guess you've got some type of uh, mental illness, or could it be that we have just so sexually objectified, we don't even, we don't even associate with them being humans, and so it, that's what makes it so much easier for these, uh, these monsters to do this to these young ladies. So be careful what you speak into your children. Make sure they're building the kids up instead of tearing them down. Make sure you're, you're talking to them, and make sure that not too much time is going uh, in between your meetings with your kids because what I mean by that is if you are a two-parent home and uh, both of you work, by the time you get home, start decompressing and maybe get a little bit of dinner, you know, and then you're doing your thing. You're doing Facebook, social media, maybe the kid's doing the same thing. You may could have measured the time that you spent with your kid in minutes as opposed to people they are exposed through throughout the day, especially I'm talking about school. You know, that's probably eight hours of exposure and one-on-one -on -one contact with uh, focused communication. So yeah, where people in the schools, teachers could spend in excess of 40 hours of time with your child, you might only be able to say you spent a couple of hours and they may not have been quality hours. So Take time to look your kid in the face, make sure they look good, get a baseline on what their demeanor looks like and uh, tell when there's any uh, strange changes. Do what I said, go to their classroom. And if that classroom looks like it's much more about the teacher than the uh, kids, then I would, I would have some concerns. Uh, when my kids went to school, the principal and their teachers knew me by first name and I knew them. I know it seems to be a popular movement to start separating kids from their parents, especially when it comes to school matters. And I think that's why Terry McAuliffe lost the governorship in Virginia when he famously said something to effect that it's none of the none, none of the business of the parents as to what their kids are being taught or how they're being taught. Yeah, I do truly believe that lost him the governorship 
make sure you fight for those rights because if you don't exercise them, they, like a lot of things, will go away. And there are a lot of teachers that think they know better how to raise your children than you do. And I'm not going to say there aren't some bad parenting out there and maybe the teacher is the savior, but I would say that in general, parents are much better at uh, figuring out what their kids need and uh, we should be very respectful. I think uh, the teachers ought to be very focused on the disciplines in which they're trained to instruct that child. Well, that's, that's about all I've got to say about that. Again, I hope that I did justice to what I consider a very serious matter. Maybe you'll look into it more. And, you know, for God's sakes, pay attention to your kids. And they are so much more than just their outward appearance. And you really need to spend more time developing them from within. They'll be even more beautiful. And they are beautiful anyway. So with that being said, thank you so much once again for tuning in. Uh, if you heard anything you like, please subscribe to the uh, podcast. Before I get out of here, I will tell you one more thing. I typically... Uh, say something to the effect of, I want to bid you a fond adieu. And I always thought that sounded kind of neat, maybe intellectual, because it's French. Uh, unbeknownst to me, I've been using it wrongly. It's, uh, it's, it's a very final farewell. It's kind of like one of those things you're dying and you say, goodbye, cruel world, I bid you a fond adieu. I'm hoping by not saying that anymore, when you get to the end of my podcast, you'll figure, hey, well, he did not die and maybe he's going to do more podcasts and maybe my listenership will go up. So again, we're coming up on the weekend. I'll try to do something on uh, Rambling Fridays for you, maybe help you pass a little bit of time. That's really all Rambling Fridays is about. Again, love your kids. Take care of your kids. They are the most valuable asset you will ever have, and they are an extension of who you are. So raise them right. Love them. So with that, I'm going to uh, simply say goodbye till we meet again on Over and Under.